Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you always. everyone to the credible nerds podcast my name is justin and i have my two special guest hosts with me nathan and blake hello everyone everybody and this is chapter two of our mandalorian series review and we'll be discussing and breaking down this this second chapter uh continuing where we left off after the this first episode with the pilot the mandalorian and we'll go through this episode and what we liked about it. So so we recently watched uh, this episode. I watched it earlier this week, and Blake as well, and Nathan watched it today, actually. So it's fresh on our minds, even though it happens, and it first came out back in November 2019. So we've had some time to think about it. We've seen the whole series. We know the whole plot points of everything, and at least as far as this first season goes and then we went back and revisited so we've had some time to think about it and kind of really put it um into perspective of with the rest of the story so that'll definitely color our review and uh, we'll be talking spoilers so if you haven't seen it by now if you're one of the the five people on the planet that haven't seen it uh be be aware uh we'll be talking spoilers throughout the episode as well as probably some stuff that's happened later on in this in this first season so just give you a heads up for that uh but for you blake and nathan going back and re-watching it uh we mentioned earlier off off camera off air that it's a pretty simple episode not a lot of new characters but uh what is, so what are your first impressions on where this uh, chapter lies is it a good follow-up to chapter one um did it continue this storyline that we started with chapter one kind of what are your initial thoughts uh, about this second chapter yeah so i i thought it was a good follow-up i mean after after the first one there was a lot going on in the first one and a lot of introductions and so this this felt like a, a good follow-up that gives you a chance just to kind of get to know the Mandalorian a little bit, right? And and watch him interact with uh, with Baby Yoda and, and Quill. And, and you start to build a relationship a little bit with him in, in this episode. So, so yeah, I, I, I liked it. It was, you know, and it was fun to watch him, uh, you know, kind of have a little bit of an adventure with, with the Jawas. And, and uh, I, I don't know what that rhinoceros animal was. I don't know the name of that thing. But but that was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I liked it. So when you're so thinking back to it, of course, having knowing that we've watched the entire uh, series to, and, and we know a lot more about the characters. Of course, when we originally watched this episode, we knew very little. We knew nothing about the Yoda character again, you know, and we, we call it the Yoda character what what interactions he the uh, the mandalorian had with that character and everything we saw do was new to us in this episode 
And a couple of things that that stood out to me, of course, was um, with the Yoda, again, the baby Yoda, or as they refer to it in the episode, the child. The child, yeah. uh, Is, of course, we we see what appears to be at first when is at the very beginning when he's walking with with the child he gets attacked and he gets attacked by other bounty hunters who also have a uh, a tracking device which is interesting to tell us it shows us that once again that the guild there are has multiple bounties or is looking or offering multiple bounties to try to get this this bounty fulfilled and of course he gets hurt and you see the the child kind of reach up to the wound now we don't see anything really happen with that and he ultimately puts it away but you can see that there's something going on there already in this episode and as we talk more about this episode uh, we learn more about that character Uh, but i i thought it was a great follow-up uh and we get to uh see quill again and more interaction with him I, I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, after watching this episode, I, I learned one thing. You never run away from the Mandalorian. The last, you know, <laughs> the last two people that tried to run away. <laughs> one got chopped in half. One got vaporized there at the end. Don't, Don't turn, turn your, your back, back on, on Mandalorian, I'd say. Yeah. It was cool to see that uh, that rifle that he has, to see how it how it works for the first time. I think that's the first time we saw it in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and it is pretty powerful. And it leaves the clothes intact. So you can, yeah. you can go pick up the clothes afterwards, you know? It's like a video <laughs> game. You can go and rummage through and get the stuff that you want. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, he fights, obviously, the, the bounties. Uh, the He gets attacked at the very beginning. He uses it kind of like the... As a, as a brace to defend himself. He uses it as a shocker. And then, of course, it's a cannon, man. That thing blows things yeah. away. It, it obliterates them, disintegrates them. Um, it's, it's a pretty neat weapon to have. So the bounty hunters that attacked him right up at the beginning, those are Trandoshans. And we first saw Trandoshans in Empire Strikes Back with Bosk. So his species they look a little different but that i think that's reasonable because you know not everyone looks the same so but it was cool to see a variance on that and bring back again bringing back more original trilogy characters that uh, the sequel trilogy doesn't really have a lot of original characters if any and that was noticeably missing from those movies so it was it was great to see them back in the star wars universe and new stories absolutely i really enjoyed seeing them and as we go throughout the series, uh, you know, all of those characters, uh, as you mentioned, we, I believe, get a glimpse of them and see them in, and, uh, in the expanded universe and, and, and not just as scenery in the background, but take a, a more active role as part of the main storyline. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. And it's great that they have the, that the directors and, and the producers have the wherewithal to bring these elements into uh, back into the show in the series, because really, I mean, that's this episode and all the episodes in the series really seem to be made for the fans. Well, and if you, if you watch have you guys watched the, uh, 
that that interview with the directors what, what's that called the on disney plus yeah. it was cool to watch them all talk you could tell that every one of them had a a, a pretty special connection with star wars and, and and with like you say you know the older characters and and that old tone and things like that and so it was it was pretty cool to to watch that and, and watch all of them kind of geek out on how they work together and and uh, you know all those elements that they tried to bring back into uh, into the series. So one uh, of the docu series of the making of the Mandalorian, I, I noticed that they've since released two more episodes. I haven't watched either one of those. They're pretty good. They're just as good. The the first one was about the directors talking about, you know, the the process and the stories and everything. Uh, the second one, I want to say, I can't remember, but one of them was about the actors themselves, and I think that was the third one. Uh, and they talked about just, it was Pedro Pascal, Carl Weathers, and Gina Carano with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And they were just kind of the same thing. Uh, oh, the my co-workers are so great, and they do this, they do that. You know, so a lot of praise, but... It, it was warranted. I think they didn't, it wasn't too flowery or, or excessive or anything. So, so that was good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching those next two episodes. The The first episode with the directors was really interesting as Blake pointed out and each of their backstories and how they got involved in the Mandalorian project. And you can clearly see that, that they're not only, not only are they professionals and very good at their craft, but they're fans and other um, fans of the universe and are really doing what I believe uh, is a, a series that's both compelling and interesting and brings in elements that true fans would appreciate and enjoy uh, and would look and anticipate and look forward to future episodes. In the, I can't remember if it was the first or second one, uh, Dave Filoni talks about the Duel of the Fates was that? Did you guys see that in the first? That one? doesn't sound familiar. I think it must be in the second okay. one. Yeah. 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 So that was in the second one, and that's. Sorry, Jess. What? I don't mean to talk over you. Now, remind me. He is now. He was brought in by George Lucas, originally to work on the Clone Wars. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So he spent you know seven eight years working directly with George Lucas to, you know create the clone wars write the stories so he's basically um the his george lucas is basically his mentor and it, you can definitely tell because um, the the piece that he talks about the duel of the fates it's probably five six minutes maybe more and he just he just goes into the the whole reason for the qui-gon obi-wan and darth maul fight in the phantom menace and it's just it's like Star Wars school. You're sitting there watching the professor teach. You you want to take notes, you're you know, you start to think about things differently and it's just really good. So definitely check that out. I mean, all three of them are great. So they each have their own little spin on things, their own take. So it's good to keep watching them. So Baby Yoda. <laughs> It seems like, you know, we no one knew about Baby Yoda until the end of episode one when we see his face for the first time there at the end. And it's just like this really cool reveal and everybody's talking about it. 
throughout the whole week and then this episode shows up and we we learn more about him we see more of him and what he can do i mean we see him use the force later on in the episode um and i thought they did a great job of keeping it under wraps and part of that is they didn't have any merchandise to sell as a result and so the one of the big complaints was you know where's my baby yoda doll where's my baby yoda action picture and I was personally, I was fine with it. I would trade the toys for the reveal any day. I, I thought that was great, and I think we're just now starting to see some some merchandise pop up that isn't just T-shirts. And so it took a good what five, six months at least, to get things ramped up to get the toys out there. But um, so this this so this episode is called the Child. And so that's like the official name for it. And for me personally, I don't, I don't like either of them. I don't want to call it the child. Baby Yoda is, it's inaccurate, but it's catchy. And and then there's the asset, I guess, that <laughs> you could call him that too. So I would, I just wish they'd come out with a name. Say this is Joe or, you know, whatever the name is, you know. So we could call it by its real name instead of Baby Yoda or the Child, or you know. What do you guys think about that? The whole name uh, issue, or is there an issue? Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. I, I mean, I it would be nice for him to to give a name so that we could kind of refer to it more intimately but correctly. Uh, but I was kind of thinking about that. I I think that this show. Is one that like my wife's into, my kids are into, my little six-year-old daughter's into, and and kind of the the whole baby Yoda, the way they rolled it out, no name through the whole series, uh, or for season one I should say, and and people referring to it as baby Yoda, I don't know, I I think that that kind of probably endeared it to people uh, a lot more, so. I don't know if that was by design. If if it was, it's pretty pretty ingenious. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to to get a different name or something. Who knows? Maybe Mandel uh, will give it a name, Skip or something like that. I am eager to to learn more about its origin, not only in individually, but Yoda and and the race, which I believe at to this point they've only described. Yoda and Yaddle as Yodian, <laughs> which is not yeah. yeah, official, official, right? So, and and hopefully eventually, you know, we'll we'll be able to to learn more about the history of 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 that race and and Yoda and his background. I think that would is a really interesting thing to go down. But of course, we it, it's understandable why there's not a name now, you know. The child, he's by himself and obviously unable to speak. And unless he's got like a, a leash around or a necklace or <laughs> yeah. around its neck with his name on it, no one's going to know its name. But it, it would be interesting. So I, I can understand even up until now, the, until the end of the series, we still don't know any about the name uh, or the origin. But I would hope and anticipate that they get to that in season two. Yeah, those are good points. I like what you said, Blake, that 
it does, you know, calling something baby Yoda, it does endear it to the younger crowd. Um, my kids, or at least my daughter, who's my youngest, likes to call it baby Yoda as well. So yeah, there's some good points. And I think it does fit into the rest of the story. It fits into the mystery. You know, who is this creature? We don't know its name. We don't know its race, its caretaker or anything. So it is part of the the overall ambiance of the show. So yeah, I like that. I like those explanations. So we'll just call it Baby Yoda until we figure yeah. it out. My wife sure loves Baby Yoda. And of course, in this episode, we get a great funny scene of watching it chase after a little frog and <laughs> and eat it whole. And it was cute to see Mandalorian tell him to spit it out and he just eats swallows in a hole. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I love that scene. Yeah. So he back to the the episode where he defeats the bounty hunters who are trying to take baby Yoda. And my thoughts were, you know, is this another group, perhaps another group of bounty hunters, um, part of the guild, but another group, another person uh, wanting to capture baby Yoda, or is this just the same uh, person who hired IG 11? And it seems like, Everyone's looking for for Baby Yoda throughout the series, and the Mando just happened to stumble in at the right time, and he gets involved in the in this big mix of people who are after him. But uh, so he escapes the Trandoshans. They go back to his ship, and he sees all these Jawas there. They're just tearing it apart. You know that doing what they do. They're scavengers. They want to you know, salvage the, sh the different parts and presumably go off and, and sell them to, to make money for what they do. And he pulls out his gun and he starts shooting some and they freak out and they get in their crawler and try to speed away and he chases them down. And that whole sequence where he's chasing the crawler, climbing up the side of it, they're throwing things. And, you know, just that whole part was, it was pretty funny. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen something that humorous in Star Wars. You know, it went on for several minutes. And previously in Star Wars, there's a, you know, a funny joke, a funny moment, but it's, it's nothing like this. And looking back, it, it fits really well into the story. Um, you know, the Jawas, I remember seeing them at first, in the first movie, you know, there are these cute little guys and you know they're just a little endearing and have them go against mando and his firepower it was fun to watch what did you guys think about this inclusion of the jawas and the song sand crawler chase yeah i i thought it was fun as well you know it's kind of like a little video game as he made his way up the sand crawler and doors were opening and closing and and uh you know, they're sideswiping mountains and things like that. And after all that work, he finally gets up to the top and he gets up there and there's about 15 of them with their their, their guns and, and they shock him. And after all that work, he just falls all the way down to the, to the sand below, you know. It was a, a fun little uh, fun sequence. I agree. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, it it reminded me of the scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade yeah. when Indiana Jones is stuck on the side of the tank and about to get 
smashed into the mountain. It, it reminded me a lot about that. And, uh, you know, and I, and I love the bit, uh, as Blake just described, when he finally reaches the top and he ends up getting zapped, which, which kind of was reminiscent of the time when Han Solo's character in A New Hope runs around the corner and is faced with all those stormtroopers and has to turn around and run back. But uh, it was it was it was funny, you know, to see how he gets uh, able to handle the three Trandoshans at the beginning with no problem and kicks their butt. But how Jawas are just, <laughs> you know, he just no matter what he does, you know. But how, but it was also interesting, you know, before when that scene when he's walking back to his ship and he discovers the Jawas have stripped it. That was a pretty ruthless scene to see him just pull out a scope and just start blasting those Jawas. Now, I know in the Star Wars universe, Jawas are like are at the very bottom rung of the of the they're like looked at as just like almost like vermin. And, uh, you know, yeah. pretty I was it was pretty ruthless of him to just just drop to in one knee and start blast disintegrating them right, left and right. Like uh, like he was stepping on cockroaches or something. I'm like, man, this guy's ruthless. But I had a thought. I mean, this doesn't take this. The planet he's on, it's not Tatooine. So you know, it's interesting that they have that the this race of Jawas has a sand crawler, very similar, if not exactly the same as the Jawas have on on Tatooine. So I just you know. I just thought to myself, so Jawas, how is it that they have the exact same kind of, you know, for as as he described, the Mandalorian describes as a rolling fortress on a completely different planet. So th there must be some sort of um, communication or, or more than than these just scavenger things that that roam around on planets. There must be a, they must be higher than just you know, bugs on, on the bottom of your shoe. Because for them to have a sand crawler, just like the ones that we have, I was like, there must be more to these guys than meets the eye. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe there's a whole backstory to the Jawas out where, you know, we don't even know. Apparently there is. Uh, maybe they come from the planet Jawa and they send out missions to go and scavenge, scavenge planets. planets and eat eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Very aids. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, he finally he well he goes back to Quill and that's when he gets the help that he needs to track him down and uh negotiate with them. And here, you know, in in spite of all the the fun stuff, the the humorous things, we learn a little bit more about the Mandalorian. He talks about um how his guns are his religion. You know, he's not going to put, put away his guns, but I think he ends up doing that anyway. And he can't give up his armor as well. So we get a little bit of insight into the thought process of the Mandalorian. And at this point, you know, when we were first watching, it was the second episode. And it was just another nugget of information on the background of this character, of, of his culture and history and things like that. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. That you know those small reveals throughout the story add up and give you a bigger uh, a better insight into to him as a character. So, 
So he, he sits down and they negotiate with the Jawas and they want um, this egg and he has to go find it in the cave. So he goes there, tracks it down, and like you said, it's this big hairy egg and the the mom, it's, uh, it's a mudhorn is what they call the animal. It's like this big rhinoceros and he has to fight it. And the, the mud horn basically kicks his butt and is going to kill him. And this is when we first see the power and probably, you know, the reason for all these bounty hunters chasing baby Yoda. We see why it's such a big deal. So for you, Blake, when we first, he's, he's fighting a, the mud horn, we think he's going to get uh, killed. Well, I don't think we ever thought he was going to get killed, but we we're going to wonder, you know, how is he going to get out of this one? And then baby Yoda steps up. What do you think about of this moment, this reveal? Yeah, I mean, I that was really cool. They kind of foreshadowed it earlier on when uh, when the Mandalorian was injured and and you know, kind of baby Yoda went up to 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 help him out and and uh you watch throughout this this uh this chapter and and baby Yoda's very alert and watching and you can almost see that he's putting together all right who's good who's bad you know how how does yeah. how's this all work and uh and so yeah to watch him put out his hand or you know you see the you see the mudhorn kind of in place and you and you see baby Yoda using all of his strength to put a stop to it and you know he holds him up for about 30 seconds or something gives the Mandalorian a chance to regroup and and then he he kind of falls back and completely tired and sleeps for a couple of days and I, I kind of thought uh well a couple of things I mean, I mean first off I, I guess you know I think back to like when when Luke was first being trained in first you know trilogy and and how long it took to hone that skill of 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 being able to you know levitate things and 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 use the force in that way and so here's baby yoda i know he's 50 years old but but he's a child and was able to to use use the force to that level so you know that was interesting i i kind of thought well man that's that's why everybody's after after him because you know that power is so strong i also kind of did it for about 30 seconds and slept for a couple of days that that's about how how I do after I work, I can work about 30 seconds and then I take a nice big break. So I really, yeah. I really connected with him. <laughs> it's hard to work using the force. Yeah, that was a great reveal. Uh, and, and, you know, I wonder that was no, that was no small task. What the child did. Right. I mean, when we think about to empire, when Luke is training, on uh, Dagobah with, with Yoda, you know, he's just, he's trying to lift a rock, you know, he's trying to balance rocks and he's struggling to do that. And, and, and ultimately trying to get a ship out of the swamp and here the child is, and he's able to lift this giant mud horn animal, stop it in its tracks and lift it up. I, I wonder if what degree of, of the force powers the, the child or, or baby Yoda it has. And, and I wonder if it, there's a category of, or a topic of discussion has to do with that, with that particular species when they're younger, if the force is stronger with them 
or if he's hasn't even really tapped yet into what you know the force is and and, and still only being like 50 years old we've heard the, that number thrown around for his age i don't know if that's confirmed or speculation it's confirmed and we see how much it takes out of him after he does it. But I, I'm curious, as, of course, again, as the series goes on, if we learn that he's very powerful with the Force or very in tune with the Force and is able to do a lot of things, but as, a, as Yoda would, but he's just small, or if he's still just kind of developing his powers... But like you know, kind of like how a baby scorpion is more poisonous than an adult scorpion. Uh, that's probably a, not a very good analogy. But I, I'm just curious if he's more powerful or as powerful or still growing um, w- with the Force at, at this young age. Yeah, you guys bring up some some great points. Uh, going back to Luke training on Dagobah with old Yoda, um, you know he. He could lift his ship out of the swamp because he didn't think he could. He was learning to lift rocks and just breaking the surface of what he could do with the force. But this Yoda, this baby Yoda, is already past that. You know, it makes me wonder. You know, has he had some training, whether at a basic level or or more, or was he self-taught? I, I don't know. I think. There's gonna. I think he has had some training to be able to have the confidence to use the force on this mud horn that was, you know, bearing down down on his new caregiver. I think he had to have the confidence and experience of doing something similar, maybe at a lesser level, something smaller, but still had some experience being able to use the force to know that he, yeah, I I can step in and do something to help this guy. So I don't think it was just this was his first time. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Definitely not, and and shows you that the we call it baby, but it's 50 years old. It's cognitive yeah. of its surroundings. He knows what's going on. He saw the Mandalorian was injured, and it was reaching up for it. You know, spoiler alert: we see in a future episode he actually has the ability to heal. So he can recognize wounds. So even though we call him a baby and he has some childlike interactions with eating and and some of the things and and doesn't speak, I think it's well aware of what's going on around him and its surroundings in, in a lot of ways, too, in addition to also maybe being having some innocence and and kind of choosing the Mandalorian character to be his protector and his his companion, but also is very well aware of what's what's going on around him. And and obviously could, saw that he was about to be killed and saved him. You know, it'll be interesting to see kind of, I, I know they've, you know, season two, I, I heard is, is on track to be released, you know, without delay this fall. And Season three got green lit, and I, I imagine this will go on for, you know, this is kind of the flagship series for Disney Plus right now. I think it'll go on for a while, but it'll be interesting to see how Yoda evolves because it took him 50 years and he's still a child, you know, and, and uh, so, man, I, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see season two, season three, season four, 
you know, how he evolves and, and how much he, they really have him grow. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're planning on the series going 50, 50 seasons or something. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get, yeah. um, tween Yoda. Beyond, beyond as long as the Simpsons have been on. <laughs> he never gets old. Um, so with, uh, baby Yoda's help, Mandalorian gets the egg and takes it back to him. And, they, the Jawas get the egg, cut off the top and start digging in and chowing down on, on this egg, just yellow goop inside. So it was, it was funny. It was a little anticlimactic, but that was the humorous part was, Hey, they just wanted some, some tasty <laughs> treats and what didn't have any religious significance or economic significance. It was just, Hey, let's, let's eat this. And they went to town on it. So he's able to get the parts. Him and Quill go back to his ship. And out of the whole episode, all the crazy stuff that went on, this was the one part that I was like, I don't really buy this. But, you know, they get all the parts and they basically build it overnight and it's in the morning it's ready to fly. Yeah. So I thought that was, <laughs> out of all the stuff I've seen, I didn't believe yeah. that. Well, and I mean, the Jawas, they're little teeny, these little teeny guys and, and when you look at the shrit, uh, at the ship and the devastation they you know they they yeah. set to it um <laughs> i was like how did they get all the way up there and strip all of that stuff off of there and um but but yeah that that did not he parked in a bad part of town that did not look good when he <laughs> when he came back on it um it was funny though cuz he got in there and there's pieces of it and you can see out the sides of the ship and everything he still tries to fire it up <laughs> like he's gonna yeah. fly away it's like, maybe it'll work funny, but yeah they uh they put that back together pretty quick teamwork right yeah i thought that part was a little far-fetched myself i'm especially when he got in it i'm like why is he trying to start it it's full of holes i mean where does he and it, they gonna fly low yeah, where were the? What, I mean, half the engine was missing. I, I, I didn't, I didn't get the point. And when they were putting it back together, you know, it shows that the outer shell of the ship is just this thin metal. And I'm like, how is that? How is that surviving warps or light speed through space and not getting just ripped off like, like a like a tornado through a trailer park in Texas? I mean, it's just like. You know, you're, I mean, yeah, these ships that travel through space in this universe seems like they should be a, a lot more substantial than what just aluminum cans with tin, with, you know, two giant engines strapped to the back. Cause, because it didn't look like there was a whole lot to that ship once it, when it's ripped apart, like it was. <laughs> so him and Quill put the ship back together. Mando invites him to join his crew he declines, and Mando and Baby Yoda take off, and that's the end of the episode. Um, it. My first thought after, well, two two things. Was this the the episode that we all started watching the show together? I, I'm pretty sure yeah, it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So for the fans who are listening, um, we, us three and our families got together every Friday and we're, started watching this show episode by episode and this was the first one we did that and i remember we were all 
gathered around watching it and everyone was laughing, right? Every part, you know, like you said, Blake, your youngest daughter, all the way up to my 19, uh, 18-year-old son, and even us, you know, the, the husbands and wives. So it definitely has that appeal for every member of the family that can enjoy it and have have a good time. Um, and this episode reflected that a lot. There were a lot of humorous parts, uh, probably the most we've seen in a Star Wars film or show or whatever the case may be. And initially I was thinking, well, that was that was pretty cool. It was funny. But what was the point? You know, he had a side mission, got his ship back together, and then left. Um, but I think the more you break it down, like we have and talk about it, it's more about character. It's about the Mandalorian's character, how he cares for this. This is where he starts to care for Baby Yoda and makes decisions later on in this series based on the events of this episode, as well as we learn more about a little bit more about Quill and who he is, how he's willing to help out, and he doesn't get paid for it. He just he's just a good guy. But we also, more importantly, learn about Baby Yoda and what he can do, which is not fully revealed why and everything. But I believe it's going to have a big, a big reveal next next season. So, uh, did you guys have any? What were your final thoughts on the episode after watching it? After watching it again? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously for me uh, for this episode. I, I agree. It seems like a lot of, um, you know, kind of like a. I, I think this is one of the shorter episodes, uh, time-wise. I think it was under under forty minutes. Um, but yeah, it just seems like a big long exposition. N- not a lot of dialogue and no introduction. No introduction of new characters. Right. We basically had Quill the Mandalorian. Um, so this is an introduction of the child. That's the title of the episode. And of course the big reveal is, which I don't know that it was any big surprise, but was that, that the child or baby Yoda has the ability to use the force and is in, is in tune with the force, you know, watching the series the first time through you're excited and you don't know what's happening and you don't know what you're going to see next. So it's just eye candy, everything you do see and you just love it. Now going back and watching it and thinking about it as I watched it again, I'm like, oh, this is the episode where he gets the egg. And I and I just remember thinking, there's really not a lot of substance to this episode, but, but it was still entertaining. I mean, ultimately, what you do get out of this particular episode is, you know, the, the reveal of the child using the force. But I think this is more of a buildup. Uh, as you say, of the two characters, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, kind of develop, starting to develop a relationship. The Mandalorian witnessing the event of him using the Force. And, and what's interesting is, you know, as they're walking away at the very end, after they're after they gets his, the parts back, is, you know, Kent, the Mandalorian, and Quill are having a conversation. And he's asking him, you know, and he, he's still he's still asleep. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, did he get hurt? And he's like, not, not physically. And then he says, explain it to me again what happened. Because I don't think I understand. And the Mandalorian's response is, I don't understand it either. So, 
you know, in the when we watch Star Wars and we're very familiar with the Force, it's a big part of the for of the storyline. But it almost you almost get the impression that you know those the movies they're made for us, and so we learn a lot about the Force. But the universe in general, it seems like the Jedi and the use of the Force is never really fully understood or maybe even believed and not commonly witnessed. Um, you know, I kind of got that impression, um, you know, even, you know, in the original trilogy in The New Hope, Han Solo is when he's like the Force, you know, hokey religions, he, he doesn't buy it. He doesn't get it. And then, and then of course, in the uh, in the newest trilogy, he's like it's written, and they're all like, "Wait a second. And and Han Solo's character now is like, "Oh no, it's real. It's all real. The Force, everything." So you kind of realize that, that Jedi and the Force is you would think everyone knows and it's a common thing, but it sounds like it's it isn't. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. I, you know, like you think about everything that happened in, uh, I guess, the first six films, right? Like, and particularly like with, with the Empire and you've got all these stormtroopers that are a part of this and, and, and everything. You, you kind of think people would know, like, would remember Yoda, right? He was, he was a pretty prominent part of the, of the, the Jedi. And, uh, you know, now you got this little baby that looks just like him. It, it is kind of interesting. There's so much mystery around him, but I guess the galaxy's a pretty big place. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's by design as far as we watch the, the main story. We know all about the Jedi and their power, the Force, and how they use it. But the average citizen may have heard about it, but doesn't have a lot of detail about it. And that's that's been the status quo since, since episode one. Um, that's kind of part of the story is, and what would make, you know, these movies more interesting is, Hey, these are the superheroes. These are the, the main characters of the, of the universe and why we want to watch them because of their power, I guess. So, and you know, the Mandalorian, he, he hasn't seen this before. I think he has some clue, some idea um if you go back to the clone wars especially this last season there's an arc called the siege of mandalore where some jedi came and fought with the mandalorians and defeated um, the bad guys the the darth maul and his group basically and so there in the mandalorian culture there has been some exposure to the jedi but it sounds like uh this Mandalorian was adopted. He was a foundling, so he was adopted into the culture. So maybe he's heard the stories, but hasn't experienced it firsthand. And I think I think we'll we'll see that as the story goes on next season. I think we'll see some some more background to that. So that's our thoughts and review of of the child overall. I final thoughts overall. What are your thoughts? Um, do you like it? Was it boring? Was it, you know, what what are your final thoughts and final take on on this chapter, Blake? Yeah, no, I, I like I say, I liked it. The nice thing about these, I mean, with with it being so, you know, um, 
you know, kind of in that episode approach, a 35 minute show. I, you know, I, I didn't think it was boring. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It was fun to watch some of the character development. And, you know, you think about kind of what happens with uh, the Mandalorian and the child and baby Yoda, you know, and, and what he does in the next couple of episodes. And, and then, you know, how he kind of, kind of has second thoughts and I'm sure we'll talk about those, you know, in, in some upcoming episodes, but, uh, uh, you think about that and you think about the, the role that Quill plays and, you know, it was, it's kind of fun to go back and watch this knowing how the rest of the, of the season turns out because, you know, I think they stood up some of that character development here so that you can understand, you know, why Quill did what he did and why, you know, the Mandalorian kind of, you know, he's a bounty hunter, right? And and so it's kind of a big deal for him to second guess just going in and, and cashing in and, and going on to the next bounty. And so I, I think that this, as I rewatched it, that's kind of where my mind was, is this is really building out how these characters are going to, how they evolve over the rest of the season. So, so I, I liked it the first time I watched it, but I kind of liked it even more just rewatching it because of, you know, having watched the the series to the end or to the the season to the end. I recently watched uh, a comedy special with uh, Seinfeld on Netflix, and and I've kind of adopted this philosophy. He says he, he says in his in his in his show that really, and when it comes down to out, it comes down to it in life, things either are great or they suck, <laughs> and and so. You know, for me, it was great. I I was it was great, and I really enjoyed the episode, and you know the reveal, and uh, you know I look forward to the next one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was great to rewatch it and revisit it and see those small character moments that we talked about. So next up, chapter three, uh, we'll get into that in our next episode and. We're thankful that you guys could join us here on the Credible Nerds podcast as we review The Mandalorian Season 1. Definitely follow us on social media. Join us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Just do a search for The Credible Nerds and you'll find us. Join us in the conversation there. You can also support us on Patreon.com and get exclusive content, exclusive episodes, uh, get more of what we talk about. So... Uh, Last week's bonus content, or the last episode's bonus content was we spent some time talking about uh, Star Wars Celebration and what our plans were for that. So you'll get stuff like that a few extra minutes, or sometimes uh, I'll cut out part of our conversation and add it to uh, the Patreon exclusive episode. So definitely check us out there and support us. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us Blake and Nate for your time here and discussing the Mandalorian thanks for joining us yeah thank you night Thanks for listening to the Credible Nerds Podcast, a Random Angst production.